Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 32 of That Was a Hoot. That was a hoot. A Rocco's Modern Life recap series. I'm glad you kept it together doing that because I don't see. I you know my forgot. track record. I probably wouldn't have been able to do that and then come back to actually filling out what the rest of the name right. of the show is. Yeah. I would have failed spectacularly. <laughs> gotcha. But you picked it right up. Sometimes. It's like we finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah. Delicious. Mm. But you know, not as delicious as uh, season four, episode nine, segment one. Dumbbells. This has an air date of July 18th, 1996. A hot summer day. That's right. Uh, Rocco and Gladys the hippo get arrested after a game of doorbell ditch gets out of hand while Heifer and Filbert suffer the guilt of having Rocco blamed for their crimes. We normally don't uh, talk about title cards uh, for episodes, but the title card for this one uh, has Filbert, Rocco and Heifer as Mo, Larry, and Curly of the Three Stooges in black and white. And I liked it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it's like one of just a few maybe like actual pop culture references that get into the title cards, which is why we don't really talk about them. But uh, we get a lot of Gladys in this in this episode. Mm -hmm. I and I love her voice. Yeah. Like her regular standard actually, speaking yeah. voice. I love yeah. that. I don't uh, I don't remember this one. When we go back in the history of like mm -hmm. remembering She's the bad at hiding. I was like, I don't, I don't remember there being like this positive interaction between Rocco and Gladys ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so the show opens on a house where a hand appears uh, pushed uh, out of a bush next to the front door. Uh, it rings the doorbell. Person answers, but no one's there and closes the door. After that, Heifer and Filbert appear from behind the bush laughing, and then they move on to the next house, which is the Chameleon Brothers house. Uh, then we find out that they live on the other side of the Big Heads because they go to the Big Heads next and then to Rocco's house. So Chameleon Brothers, the neighborhood on, on the on the same block now. That's right. Uh, at Rocco's, they ring the doorbell and we see Rocco inside sporting the uh, same hair as Danny Zuko had in Greece. <laughs> and uh, he takes it off and puts it under a pillow before answering the door. Uh, when he answers, no one is there except he can hear. Uh, laughing behind the bushes and moves the bush to reveal his friends are there. Uh, they explain to Rocco that they're playing ding dong ditch. Uh, they treat it like a very secretive thing and say that they'll show him how to play. Uh, so they bring him to the O-Town apartments and just tell him to pick a door, ring the bell and run. And then Filbert calls Rocco fuzzy. Uh, it's just a new cute pet nickname that he decides to call him all of a weird. sudden. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like the way that you say ding dong ditch. It reminds me of Casey Kasem. Ding dong ditch. <laughs> Rocco picks the apartment 3D, uh, and but he misses the run part of the pick a door, ring the bell, and run. And it happens to be the apartment of Gladys the Hippo later. Lady, later, you know. <laughs> Lady later. <laughs> After she spots him, he hides under the doormat, <laughs> which is stupid. Um, she calls him a muskrat, and Rocco explains that he's playing a game, and she thinks it's hilarious. Rocco goes home to see Spunky is wearing his wig, the Danny Zuko wig, mm -hmm. uh, when his doorbell rings. He opens it to find that Gladys is yelling, doorbell ditch, and then running around the yard. <laughs> Rocco explains to her that she's doing it wrong and shows her the correct way. After a couple of attempts, she uh, she gets the hang of it and says that this is the most fun she's ever had, and she wants to doorbell ditch all of O-Town. Uh, so she takes Rocco, and they start going door to door. On the news, they're reporting that O-Town is under duress by a maniac ding-dong ditcher. 
They even interview a doorbell about it. We see that Heifer and Filbert are watching this news report at Rocco's and are wearing the glass nose mustache disguise, uh, hoping that they don't get caught with what they had been doing. Rocco walks in and asks what they are doing. Uh, if I told you that I had a glasses nose mustache combo in my car, would you believe me? I would believe you. I have one at my desk at work. Yeah, it's in my trunk of my car. <laughs> uh, so once Rahako recognizes them in their disguises, they realize that they are going to have to leave the country to escape the trouble that they are in, or they think they're in, rather. Right. Uh, Heffer says they, they got the passports, Francois, uh, to which Filbert uh, responds, see, si, Carlos, and then they leave. <laughs> After they leave, Rocco falls asleep right on the floor in the middle of the living room. Uh, the next morning, he is awakened by the doorbell. When he answers the door, no one is there. But then the SWAT team appears, cuffs his index fingers, and puts him in the back of the van where Gladys already is. The uh, SWAT are koalas in a uniform with fly swatters, in case anybody wanted to know. Because mm-hmm. they're a SWAT they're team. They're a SWAT team. I like the uh, the finger handcuffs, yes. too. It's, uh, it's really neat. <laughs> neat. Uh, there's a news report about the capture of the ding-dong ditchers, and they say that everyone wants to know what Rocco is. A poodle, a schnauzer, a rabbit, and then Spunky talks. He says, you're asking me? <laughs> uh, Filbert and Heffer in disguise are interviewed about Rocco and are surprised to find out that he's been arrested. The judge calls Rock- Rocco a dancing bear. And as he's reading their sentencing, the courtroom doorbell rings. The door opens and no one's there. <laughs> then Filbert and Heffer appear and confess that it was them and they're sorry. Heffer says he was raised by wolves. <laughs> I don't know how long they waited to pull that joke, but I thought like that was perfect payoff. It is. <laughs> then the judge finds them guilty, says they will break for lunch, and then will reconvene to discuss the movie deal. Uh, so Rocco and Gladys walk home that night and say their goodbyes when Rocco hears his phone ring and runs in to answer it. It's a prank phone call that gets messed up. Uh, we see that it's actually the judge from the courtroom being coached by Filbert and Heffer on how to do a prank phone call. Uh, Rocco hangs up. And as we zoom out, he asks, is this Joe? The end. Are we, does he know Joe Murray? No. Is that what? I don't know. Is that what that implies? I don't know. I don't know who this is supposed to be. Who is Joe? Because that's the only Joe we know. And he's not, not in the universe, but he's, he's God of the universe. In a way, right? Is Rocco I, I don't know, know his creator? I don't. I would. Yes. Yes. I feel like yes. <laughs> it's one of those meta episodes, like the old Looney Tunes episodes, yes. whenever the pencil would come in, right? And it would be like Bugs Bunny messing with Elmer right. Fudd the whole time, or Daffy Duck, or somebody like yes. that, while they're like erasing them. Your Tiny Tunes, and they'd go talk to Steven Spielberg about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about episode nine, segment two? Rugbirds. The Rugbirds. Filbert takes Rocco on a bird wig snatching hunt. So we open on a nature video explaining what a wig bird is. It's a bird uh, that it's called, (laughs) but wears a wig to cover up that fact. Uh, There are people who go wig snatching or bird wigging. (laughs) Filbert is showing Rocco this video to convince him to go wig snatching with Filbert, but Rocco says that it's inhumane. Uh, Filbert says that it's a harmless sport and shows Rocco his toupee gallery. Uh, Filbert says that, uh, that the thing he is missing from his collection is the wig from the American balding Eagle. This is, that is, you know, that has to be where the idea come from with this is they went bald Eagle, 
balding eagle. Let's write an episode about that. Birds that are bald. Yes. But like, they all have wings. <laughs> like, you could tell that it all just stems from the play on words of the bald eagle. And it just gets silly from there. I like that if you read the opening paragraph that is written here and you have no context about it, <laughs> it may sound like I'm having a small stroke. <laughs> That's the mark of a good Rocco episode. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So Philbert talks Rocco into going to the O-Town Forest to snatch a wig today. He sees the balding eagle catch a fish and then go to his home at the top of the mountain. Philbert says the balding eagle flies high above everyone else so that no one can see their bald spots. We see the eagle take off his wig and apply some hair treatment to his scalp for hair growth, but he isn't having any luck. Mm-hmm. He's even like massaging it in going, come on, grow. <laughs> uh, Rock and Philbert take a pedal blimp uh, into the sky. I didn't know what to call it. Uh, I mean, it, that's perfect. That's I mean, it's, it's literally a blimp on top of a bicycle, basically, <laughs> that they're using with little paddles to kind of move the air right. to like make them move. Uh, so they take it up to these into the sky to reach the balding eagle's home at the time that he comes out to water his garden. Uh, they pedal by and Filbert snatches his wig. Uh, the eagle comes by while they're flying to give Filbert a delivery, uh, which turns out to be an anchor. Uh, the anchor drops them from the sky and the eagle gets his wig back. Then Filbert that has Rocco shoot him out of a cannon into the Eagle house. But Filbert smashes into the door and falls back down to the ground. Uh, They then go to the Eagle's home to sell the Eagle a vacuum cleaner. Uh, That ends badly. And they end up falling to their ground again. This is very, (laughs) very classic Looney Tune antics this entire time. Especially since like they shot Filbert out of a cannon to get Mm -hmm. up to the Eagle's house. Right. But then somehow they just walked up to the eagle's house to sell him a vacuum uh yeah uh, they don't see you they don't show anything yeah. next to it i'm part of me is assuming like oh they got the the pedal blimp back up and running and they Maybe. just pedaled that back That's up true. there and they got there that way but i don't Could know be that yeah they didn't really explain that part right rocco wants to give up but filbert still wants that wig so he refers to his bird wig book and it says that eagle's most preferred food is wallaby so Filbert devises a plan to use Rocco as bait to lure the eagle without Rocco knowing. Rocco is trying to get the eagle out of his house by offering him fish while Filbert sneaks into the house to snag a wig. The eagle takes the bait and steals Rocco while Filbert breaks into the eagle's wig room. Who would you have thought that some point in time earlier whenever they were like pedaling around and they gave them the he anchor, would have realized it was he would have realized, oh, that's a wallaby right there. I could just eat this. <laughs> yes. So while the eagle is taking uh, Rocco to a lovely picnic spot to eat him that is complete with like bones and all kinds of stuff it's a bone everywhere yard for sure. Uh, Rocco points out that uh, he's not wearing his wig uh, and he's out in public. So the eagle drops Rocco and flies straight back to his house to get a wig where the eagle then catches Filbert trying to uh, trying on multiple wigs that he has from his wig wall. <laughs> wig wall. <laughs> <laughs> The eagle, now uh, wearing a wig, takes Filbert to the same picnic spot when Rocco pedals up to save Filbert. Uh, Rocco tells the eagle that he looks better without the wig and that the ladies love a balding man. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Maybe. <laughs> I Who knows? Some. I mean, I don't. I mean, everybody's got their own taste, so I can't. I don't yeah. think you can generally Do say Do you love all. a balding man? Um, I don't hate it, but I'd prefer if they just cut it all. Like, You'd rather him be bald I'd instead of be balding. Bald. Yeah, 
for sure. You've tried to skull it before. I have. Yeah, you did it. I did it. <laughs> I did a great job. Uh, so Rocco tells the Eagle that he looks better without him. Uh, ladies love a balding man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagle, I guess in this case, Eagle man. Uh, the Eagle gives Rocco his wig and drops Fulbert, uh, breaking his shell. Fulbert wants nothing to do with the wig since it was quote unquote stolen or given to Rocco and then <laughs> given to him. Uh, then it starts raining wigs that the Eagle is throwing out Rocco and Filbert throw them all away and tape up Filbert's shell, uh, which looks like it's just done with like, just like a pile of it with just, masking yeah, tape. just masking tape all <laughs> on top of it. And then they drive off and then a monkey comes up out of nowhere and puts two of the wigs on his bare butt, butt cheeks. Uh, the end. <laughs> do you, my question to you for this episode is, do you have a favorite picnic spot? I have a favorite picnic spot. Have you picnicked? Yeah, I have picnicked. Yeah. Um, is that I, the is that the right term? Is picnicking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go I believe picnicking? so. Uh, yeah. Or do you, you go, go on, on a picnic? I think you go on a picnic, uh, but I think if you were going to pluralize or not, I don't know, the, make it a verb. Uh, <laughs> like that of picnicking. That, yeah, I think that that would be it. Uh, yes, I have a picnicked. Uh, I think that. Most of my picnic experiences are either out at the fairgrounds okay. here in town or in not in this town, but yeah. in where I'm from town. <laughs> I, I knew <what> you meant. <laughs> Leave it in. It's confusing for everyone. <laughs> so uh, either there or uh, I've picnicked quite a bit whenever I was younger and going to like uh, like Six Flags. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You pack your own food inside yeah. of the stuff and you get the little stamp or the bracelet or whatever yeah. to come back in and out of the right. the park and then go out and eat and then come back in kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So I don't know if you would consider that picnicking. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we we did that quite a few times. Yeah. And never really have been one to be like, I'm just going to go hike out in nature and then lay down a blanket. And right. Then, I've never done that. Really, I usually go hiking and then I'm like, where's a nearest restaurant I can just sit in? Yeah, it's like air conditioning and I can wash. My you're hands. going, you're going hiking. And you're like, I'm gonna find a Denny's. I need to wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's a nice clearing in Giant City mm-hmm. uh, State Park. That I think it's a state park. We'll call it a state park. Sounded good. Roll off the tongue. Well, sure. Moving on. <laughs> Season four, episode ten, segment one. Hypno puppy love. Air date on this is going to be October seventh, ninety six. So it's cold out now. We skipped some time <laughs> from this is we went from summer to October without a new episode until now. And the synopsis from Wikipedia says Heifer hypnotizes Rocco into thinking he's a dog, and then Bev takes Rocco the dog in as her new pet. Heifer's reading a Bunny Man comic when he sees an ad in the comic to uh, be able to hypnotize your friends. He mails off for the kit and waits. At, by the mailbox until it shows up the next day. Uh, he goes like all over, night, like... all <laughs> night long. He's just standing there. He goes over to Rocco's to show Rocco and Filbert the kit and then starts going through the steps of trying to hypnotize Rocco. Rocco is defiant during the process, but goes to sleep anyway. And Heifer has control of him. Heifer has him turn into a rooster and he and Filbert laugh at him. Then they make him stiff as a board and they walk and jump on him. Then a dog and Rocco eat out of Spunky's bowl. Filbert tells Heifer to bring him back, but the book says bringing someone back is in the Lesson 2 book, which he does not have. Heifer calls to order Lesson 2 book, but when he does sign, when he's on the phone, dog Rocco or doggo runs away. 
He chases a street sweeper, which sucks him up and spits him out all fluffy, and he loses his shirt. Heifer and Filbert put up a missing poster for Rocco, but while Rocco chows down on Mr. Bighead's salmon bushes, Mrs. Bighead catches him uh, and takes him in. She cleans up Doggo, gives him a haircut, making him look all poodly and curly and fluffy, and uh, calls him Fluffy. Heifer and Filbert go out looking for Rocco when they discover that Rocco's shirt is in the road with a tire track on it. They assume Rocco has died. <laughs> go, for, go to the diner for a drink. After closing down the diner, they sit on the curb crying about the loss of their friend when Bev drives by and asks what they're doing. When she drives off, Doggo pops his head up in the back seat and Heifer says that that dog looks awfully familiar and they know where Rocco is now. The next day, they get Lesson 2 in the mail, and they realize that it's going to be much harder to get Rocco from Mrs. Big Head than they thought. That night, they break into the Big Head's house and steal Doggo. Bev notices that Fluffy is gone immediately, and the door is open. She blames Ed as he's getting a midnight snack when all of this happens and cries all night. Ed brings her a fish, also called Fluffy, and she quickly falls in love with it. After Rocco's at Rocco's house, they follow the steps to bring Rocco back, and it works. He doesn't remember anything, but he is missing his clothes, and he's shaved. He grabs Heifer's turban and puts it on over, puts it on over himself before Ed and Bev walk in to show them their new fish. Uh, they don't recognize that Rocco and Fluffy are one and the same, but Bev compliments Rocco on his new look. Do you think that whenever this occurs, and Rocco is Fluffy, and then that animal is either gone missing or died or something right. and then he brings her a fish that then she turns and names fluffy how many times do you think that that's happened like that's a constant of her just like adopting an animal calling it fluffy either she gets sad loving it kill like it dies or runs away ed, or something and then ed gets another thing to replace it i like to think that rocco is the first fluffy but that there are many fluffies after this goldfish yeah, like he's the he's the one he's the start of it. But like that goldfish isn't the last fluffy in the big head house. Yeah, there there are more afterwards. Question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in hypnotism? No, no, no. Have you seen have you been to a hypnotist show? Yeah. Yes. And anything look believable? No, I was at one recently and you were hypnotized. I was not hypnotized. Did you believe it? Um, Yes and no. What was your yes? Um, I'd found it difficult to believe that they. So the one that I went to was the one. I don't know if you remember seeing that, like Colin Mockery from Who's yes. Lines It Anyways yep. was here locally uh, with a hypnotist. And that was part Humble of the show. Brag. I, I was in the front row. <laughs> oh, and, uh, man. <laughs> I was in the front row, had big seats. <laughs> I could smell him. Mm. No, uh. But I, I did, I went and they called a handful of people up from the audience. There were mm -hmm. like 12 or 15 people. Like it was a lot. Yeah. And as they went through, there were some people that were, that it took and some people it didn't. And so they asked, you know, they went from 15 people down to like, I don't know, six, let's say. And so they even were aware that not everyone would take to the hypnotism. And that there were only certain people who were relaxed enough and were loose enough in order to do that. And I and so So is it just essentially like some kind of a deep trans meditated meditative state 
kind of a thing like you perhaps and you're more you're almost open to power suggestion like literally you're you're supposed to be asleep at that point yeah. in time so it's almost like their way of kind of controlling a person that's like a quote-unquote sleepwalker right at that point in time yeah yeah that's i mean like, that's how I don't, i'm assuming i don't personally think that i could be hypnotized yeah i'm pretty uptight because i'm over analyzing <laughs> everything yeah. constantly anyways so i don't think that i can shut it off and yeah i don't think either of us are who do we know that isn't uptight? Mm. Who's loose enough? Who's who's got enough? Who's go- loosey goosey enough? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe Bud. I think Bud. Ryan Scott. Yeah, yeah. I think he's loose enough to. He's where, pretty loose to where he could he could go. I've seen him do this hand gesture before. He's he's, he's did the hang loose. Mm-hmm. I've seen him do that before. Um, I don't know. Probably not. But I mean, maybe. Yeah, we did live through the '90s together, so this is true. There's Absolutely. a chance that that, that probably happened. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of people I think. Could I will be... say I did see him dance in the aisles of the theaters during Ninja Turtles too, <laughs> to the Vanilla Ice Ninja Dance thing. He was probably hypnotized. No, I mean maybe by Vanilla Ice and his sweet moves, <laughs> yes. but he because the video came out for that prior to the movie. Yeah, so, you could so whenever that moves. happened, I remember being in the theaters with myself, my dad, my brother, him, and then our cousin Thomas. Yeah. And all of us sitting there, him getting up and doing the go ninja, go yeah. ninja dance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I these people they seemed they were either great like improv people and ready to go, yeah. or they definitely. Had What's some the sort number? Of if you if we'll say it was twelve out of the twelve people, how many people were in a deep hypnotic state? Um, I think they ended up with six, and six. then there was one that passed the test at first, but you could see him cracking like he was kind of smiling and laughing when he would do something silly. So like he was putting on a show and they asked him to leave at one point in time. Yeah. Like they, they kind of tapped him. We're like, Hey, you need to go. Like, don't, don't ruin the show for everyone else. So they kind of like it, cause it was all just volunteers. And I saw, I've seen two of those people locally since then. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, Oh, I know you, you were, but like, I go, Oh, I know that face. You were on stage during that show. And so I know they're not like they weren't plants. They were they were legitimately from here. people from yeah. here. Um so I don't know. I'm I'm not completely sold on it existing, but I'm yeah. not completely against it either. You're you're hypno- hypnotically agnostic. Yeah, like most of my life. <laughs> yeah. I I'd have I'm I'm mostly in the line of like I don't care. Yeah. I don't care enough to care. You know what I'm agnostic about is episode 10 segment 2. Driving Mrs. Wolf. I like this one. Yeah. Uh, which is a play on? Driving Miss Daisy. Which was? A movie. That was? Starring Morgan Freeman. And? Meryl Streep? No, I don't no. think so. Some other old lady. But uh, won? Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> no, she would have been too young still. No? Okay. Not, I mean, she would have been older, but not like a... I don't know how to. You needed say. to be an old lady, an old woman in the like eighties or seventies, whenever that movie. That was came the eighties, I think. Yeah, 80s. late eighties. Yeah, maybe early nineties, but I don't know. Never seen it. That's how you know it was the early nineties, like early. very beginning, because I said early nineties. It's like January nineteen ninety. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so early that it came out on the first. <laughs> it's a release date of January first. Kick your decade off right <laughs> with driving Miss Daisy. Oh. It'll be great. It'll be funny and sad all at the same time. Is it a sad movie? Uh, it's it's kind of a. Is it a drama? It's a everywhere movie. It's not a comedy. Okay, I don't know. It's a dramedy. Is it? A, is it like uh, Taxi? 
what? <laughs> like the like the old TV show? No. <laughs> like Robert De Niro. <laughs> no. Driver. No. No, it's not like that at all. <laughs> oh, what about like, what's that movie, Drive? <laughs> Taxi Driver? Yeah. <laughs> That's like a straight up, just not even a drama. That's like a borderline like action movie, too. Changing Lanes. Changing Lanes? <laughs> like Traffic. Like <laughs> Heat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost as long as Heat. <laughs> Really, I think Heat was the standard prior to Titanic being like a long movie. Was it really? Because Heat was like two hours and 40 minutes long or something Heat's like that. Heat's not that, that movie with uh, Sandra Kilmer. Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? No. <laughs> is that also called Heat? I think it's called like The Heat. Oh, The Heat. Heat is just a, it's a crime drama and it's got Val Kilmer in it. And, and it's long? Yeah, but it's super good. Oh. <laughs> it's really good. Never Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Wikipedia says... That Rocco tells the story of how teaching Heifer's mom how to drive led to them fighting for their lives at a demolition derby. And that is the plot synopsis of Heat. (laughs) (laughs) And Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, man. Could you imagine if Driving Miss Daisy was about... Was this? But Morgan Freeman still, but it was (laughs) with Demolition Derby. Yes. (laughs) What a better movie. That'd be cool. (laughs) I I wish it would still win awards. (laughs) Man. So we start with Rocco and Mrs. Wolf in a car speeding towards another car in an arena, and Rocco is screaming. Then Rocco walks in front of the screen to address the audience and says, it all started a few days ago. <laughs> Mrs. Wolf, uh, Mr. Wolf brought, bought a new car uh, three months ago, but wouldn't allow anyone to drive it, including himself. Uh, he even has the key under an arm security system with lasers. With lasers has lasers Rocco comes over to heifer's house but heifer isn't home mrs wolf asks if he can take her to town because she doesn't know how to drive Rocco offers to teach her and she quickly takes him up up on the offer she is a horrible driver and hits just about everything she is around trashing Rocco's car Rocco's teaching her all about the signs like slow children playing and we see two kids playing catch in super slow motion even the ball is slow in the air uh, what kind of car do you think if we were to correlate like a car of like a real life car being of what car? Rocco's is? Mm, it's got a it's, it's a, like a very an Econo car style type thing. Wouldn't it be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I would say like a, I don't even know like car a, models. Like so. a Dodge Neon. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something in the 90s that exists. OK. That... <laughs> yeah. It's got such a high like bump. Yeah. Up that I don't know what that car would be. Yeah. Specifically. So there's another sign with a piece of cheese on it that they come across. Rocco isn't sure what that sign means, but soon uh, uh, we soon see and hear her, a herd of che- pieces of cheese crossing the road. Um, so it's a cheese crossing sign. Uh, then there's a fire hydrant sign uh, that she hits the fire hydrant anyway. And the car fills up with water on the inside, but no water comes up on I like the outside. That the, in in Rocco's world, that is what happens when you hit a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Is that the car just it somehow like it's almost up it's to like the it's like it, I was gonna say it's like it's perfectly like the hole is like perfectly <laughs> symmetrical, and there's no way water could come yeah. out. It just fills up only in there. Yes. Uh, the next time we see is a railroad crossing sign that she is slow to react and stops on the train tracks. Rocco panics and yells for her to get off the tracks, but then she refuses to listen to him yelling at her. And they get hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> they return to the wolf's home with the car almost completely demolished. It explodes into flames and then gets hit by a meteor once they get out of it, though. 
Walk, uh, Rocco says he will walk home, but Virginia offers to take him home. She unplugs the security system, which is evidently all you have to do to get around the the key security system, mm-hmm. grabs the key, and uh, they take the new car. She is uh, very reckless in the in the new car, but she at least isn't hitting everything that she passes by. They uh, ramp onto the freeway, but miss the exit to Rocco's house with the actual sign saying Rocco's house. That's pretty neat. That's pretty convenient. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's even though we know like the Chameleon Brothers and the Big Heads at least live in mm-hmm. that neighborhood, it's specifically the it is Rocco's modern life. That's a, that's true. Good point. Uh, so they take the next exit, which is to the demolition derby. Um, also on the sign says to demolition derby. Right. Uh, the rest of the Wolf family is there watching the derby, and Rocco and Virginia drive right into the derby onto the like brink the track dirt, thing. Yeah. yeah, in the dirt. Uh, the family notices that Rocco and Virginia are in the derby and Virginia cluelessly evades all of the other cars uh, who want to smash her brand new car. Virginia escapes each attack and smashes her opponents in the process. It's down to them in the last car, the crusher. This is the head on collision that they were speeding towards at the very beginning of this episode. Virginia moves at the last minute, though, causing the crusher to tap a fire hydrant. And by tap, I mean tip, tap, tap roo. Uh, the fire hydrant, and it fills up with car with water, eliminating it from the competition, making Virginia and Rocco the winners of the demolition derby. Yay! They take the rest of the family home, and Mr. Wolf tells Virginia that he will take her to get her license tomorrow. They park the car back in the garage so that it won't be scratched or dented, but as soon as the garage door closes, all the tools and paint from the walls fall onto the car, messing it all up. It's Do you all have that up. much paint in your garage? I don't have any paint in my garage yeah. i have some down in the basement yeah very little but some same i've got like a maybe like two half a cans of yeah. different color and that's probably like it. this gray that's on this wall yeah and maybe a white it is not necessarily enough to necessitate like coating a car right. in paint yeah exactly um question for you have you ever been to a demolition derby yes sir have Min- you really many a time where do, do they have them locally or do you have to go somewhere big time for that no they're local at uh in the fairgrounds and in pinkneyville they had at their fairgrounds they had like a derby rink thing that was set up at one point in time okay too. and in the point of the derby is to smash the other cars the, to like make you, them you not... lose when your car stops working that's crazy I've so never yeah been you're one. you're meant to like you're strapped in like all yeah. kinds of crazy straps and stuff and then you're driving around in the mud, slinging the mud around everywhere wow. and then hitting the other cars. And your goal is to try and make the other car non-operational. So that way you win. That's got to be hard on your body. I'm sure it's it is. Be yeah. Hard on the body. I've been to a monster truck thing. Yeah. Before. Uh, and but it's like, it's not necessarily like you see a lot of times where people will be like in demolition derbies on like TV shows or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like just a beat up version of like a hot rod type thing. And that's not what it is at all. Usually most demolition derbies, especially ones that I've been to around here, are like people have shitty beater cars that they want to take and that they're cool with just being destroyed. Gotcha. They're like, Hey, this is a good car. Just had the oil changed. It's all driving fine, but we don't need it anymore. It has really no worth value. So we're just going to use this to yeah. destroy. Hmm. That's cool. And I don't really like soup it up or anything like yeah. that. Just make it, take it. Mm, make it take it <laughs> i realized that was real stupid <laughs> demolition derby day is a very dangerous day this has been ifnz production